Amen. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh, we had a late change, so you're going to get me tonight. Amen. God is good. Good evening, Lake Church. Good to see you all tonight. I just want to start out and share a real quick announcement that we didn't have on the announcements for Rebecca earlier, but uh, right over here, our neighbor and good uh, friend and pastor, um, is having a uh, multi-church crusade at New Hope. That's Pastor Manny. And so he's invited uh, local churches to come and participate in that with them. That's April 14th through 16th. And Friday, April 15th, is Lake Church Night. So our very own Pastor Greg will be ministering over there. So we want to encourage you guys. I think you guys, I think those baked potatoes will put people to sleep tonight. <laughs> that was a late reaction on that. So <laughs> that's all right. We're going to shake it out here in a minute. We're going to get up and shake it out. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's Good Friday, April 15th. And Pastor Greg is going to be ministering right over here on the corner at New Hope. They got a new church there. It's a multi-church crusade, and we want to invite you guys to come. In fact, we don't want to just invite you. We want to encourage you to come that night. Let's pack the house, all right? I see, okay, I see these heads shaking. Yeah, someone. <laughs> Sleepy-looking shaking heads, too. <laughs> it is at 7 o'clock, yes. April 14th through 16th, so you could come any night. Seven o'clock. <laughs> April 15th at 7 p.m., and that is Good Friday. Pastor Greg, that's Lake Church Night at New Hope right over here. So, <laughs> Now y'all speak up. Couldn't even get you to respond a minute ago. <laughs> oh, we better pray. We got to get out of the flesh and into the spirit. Amen. Come on, let's just stand. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise tonight. Oh, we give you glory. We are so thankful for the privilege to come together tonight, Father, in your presence. Oh, hallelujah. We give you glory. We praise you, Father God. We thank you for your goodness. Oh, we thank you, Father, that you never change, that you stay the same, Father God. Oh, that you're a rock uh, that we can depend on, Father God. You're our refuge in every time of trouble. You're a very present help. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father God. Oh, thank you that you have pursued us, Father God. Oh, that you have pursued us and that you have prepared the way for us to come into your presence, Father God. And not just come in, but live in and from your presence, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you have indwelt your believers, that you have indwelt your body here on the earth. Hallelujah. We thank you that you have filled us with your Holy Spirit where we can have uh, intimate fellowship and communion with you, Father God. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise. I just encourage you, begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Hallelujah. 
We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father God, for your presence in this place. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your desire to move among your people, to touch your people tonight. We come together, Father, not just to hear a word, but to encounter the living word to encounter the living word, to encounter the living God tonight, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that it's your desire to manifest yourself in this place tonight, Father God, to show yourself real, to show yourself mighty in the lives of your people, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We come to hear you tonight, Father God. We come to hear you tonight, and we come to see and experience you tonight, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you that by the finished work of Jesus, by the shed blood and the broken body, that the devil is defeated. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you that the devil is defeated and and we take authority over him right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, demons, we take authority over you right now in the name of Jesus. We command that you cannot hinder Anyway, what the, what the Lord wants to do in this place tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you've given us the ability to destroy the works of the devil tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Father, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah, there is liberty in the house tonight. If you've got something that's holding you in bondage, I declare to you tonight, the presence of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is here, and there is liberty where the presence of the Lord is. Hallelujah. Oh, begin to stir yourself up. Come on now, begin to stir yourself up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Father God, that you have delivered, that you have healed, that you have blessed in the name of Jesus, that in him we live. In him we live. We thank you, Lord. In him we live. We thank you, Lord, that in him every foe is defeated. We thank you for it, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We come against discouragement right now in the name of Jesus. We come against the spirit of heaviness right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Right now in the name of Jesus, we come against the spirit of heaviness. Just see weights. I just see people with, with like a pack of weights on their back and they're just bowed over with heaviness. Hallelujah. The Lord says that's, that's removed in the name of Jesus. Take it off. You have, the, you have the ability and the authority to remove that from yourself. Right now, in the name of Jesus, command every weight that's hindering you to come off in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory. We worship you tonight. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, we declare miracles in this place tonight. 
Hallelujah. We declare miracles. We declare signs and wonders in this place tonight, Father God. Done at the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We declare miracles. We declare signs. We declare wonders. We declare your glory manifested in this place, Father God. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We praise you tonight. You are good and you do good. You have done great things, Father God. Oh, we thank you. You have done great things. Not that you're going to do, but that you have already done great things, Father God, through Jesus Christ. Oh, we give you praise. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. The devil is defeated. The devil is defeated. We're awakening to truth tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Your problem's already solved. Your problem's already solved. Your sickness has already been healed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Your sickness has already been healed. I said, in the name of Jesus, your sickness, your sickness has already been healed. Those symptoms, those numbers, they're lying. Those aren't real. Those aren't reality. In the name of Jesus, we command them to submit to the word of the Lord and to come into submission to the finished work of Jesus Christ. We command you to come into submission to the finished work of Jesus Christ right now. Speak to every symptom. Oh, lying symptoms, we command you to flee right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Flee right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, and we thank you, Lord, that in your presence is fullness of joy. (laughs) Pleasure forevermore. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, that joy and peace come from believing. Oh, we thank you, Lord. If we're not experiencing that joy and peace, it's because we're not believing yet. Hallelujah, joy and peace come from believing. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We thank you, Father God. Oh, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll come back to that. Hallelujah. You know, we're talking about, pastor's been teaching on the secret place. And let's just turn to Psalm 91, just read a couple of scriptures to kind of get going here. Thank you, Lord. You know, I am convinced... That every situation, every trial, every tribulation, every um, thing that we face is already, has already been taken care of. According to the word of God, that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he ascended back to heaven and he sat down. That symbolizes the fact that he has finished every bit of the work of redemption. Yeah. 
It's complete. Man, I tell you what, we are going to have, I believe the awakening of the church. You know, we hear a lot of talk about revival and we hear a lot of talk about what God's going to do. And I think where we've missed it is all of that talk reveals that we don't realize that he's already done it. We got, we're in this stance like we're waiting on God. Like he's going to pour out an extra measure when he already gave us the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the Holy Ghost isn't a force. Oh, come on now. The Holy Spirit is not a force or a power. He's a person. And God didn't just send a part of that person. He sent him. Oh, my goodness. I just don't think we have awakened to the reality that the early church had. You know, uh, I'm reminded in Acts chapter 3 of when... Uh, the uh, disciples or the apostles were going to pray, and there was a lame man at the gate, beautiful. And uh, he was looking to receive something from them. And did you know they didn't even stop to pray and ask God uh, if the, he wanted to heal this man? They didn't pray for him. You know, Peter, all he did was he said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have. Oh, my goodness. He said, such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, and the man walked and leaped and was praising God. And, you know, they didn't even ask God if it was all right to do it. They didn't ask God. They didn't need to go pray for a while so they could get the anointing. Oh, come on now. See, here's the problem. We're trying to live for the secret place rather than living from the secret place. You know, I'm, I, I had some notes, and I'm already, I've busted that already, so. <laughs> but we're to live from the secret place. Here's the thing is the secret place uh, it cannot be that we have to go and have eight hours to pray to get in the secret place. The secret place is not a physical location. The secret place is a dimension in God that is available wherever you are and no matter what you're doing. You know, you can be in the secret place. You can dwell in the secret place when you're at work. In fact, you need to dwell in the secret place when you're at work. You can dwell in the secret place when you're at Walmart. In fact, you better be dwelling in the secret place when you go to Walmart. You can dwell in the secret place when you're at school, in jail, in the hospital room. Why? Because the secret place isn't a physical location. It's a dimension in God. That we have got to learn how to live from. Oh. Listen, if the secret place is somewhere we're trying to get to, the devil's already got us beat. 
You know, here's the thing about Psalm 91. Let's just read the first three uh, verses here. It says, He who dwells in the shelter or the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. You know, just that first few verses reveals the fact that we live in a dangerous world. Not just physically, but spiritually. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, we've talked about that scripture many times here, but we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You know, our warfare isn't carnal. It's not physical, but with spiritual entities. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, power, might, dominion, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And so this scripture here in Psalm 91 is really a scripture of spiritual warfare. The secret place is really a uh, revelation of divine protection. It's a revelation of divine protection. See, we live in a dangerous situation. We live in a dangerous world. Ever since Adam and Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they opened the door to death. Through sin came death. Through one man came sin, and sin came through death. And we've been in a dangerous world ever since. The safety of the Garden of Eden, which was the garden of God's presence, they left, and they entered into uh, a very dangerous world, a very dangerous situation. So there's two ways that we can... There's two ways that we can seek to protect ourselves in a dangerous world. We can either try to isolate ourselves or we can insulate ourselves. See, the key isn't trying to isolate ourselves from trouble. We're called to go. We are called to go. We're not to isolate ourselves, but we are to insulate ourselves from evil as we go. Into the world. We are to learn to dwell in the secret place as we go, wherever we go. That we go in the presence of the Lord. Remember when God told Moses, he said, uh, I'm not going to go with y'all. And Moses said, if you don't go, I ain't going. That's got to be the attitude that we have. No matter where we're going, we got to say, I ain't going without the presence of God. We have to realize that we're not equipped in ourselves to be able to face the danger that's in this world, but we're more than well equipped in him to face anything that the devil tries to throw to us, throw at us, because he's already defeated. You know, Jesus said in John 17, verse 15, he said, I pray that not that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. It's a dangerous world. But we have access. We have access to a dimension in God. Oh, my goodness. 
We have access to a dimension in God that makes us untouchable. Oh. Undefeatable. I'm not saying attack won't come, but I'm saying that we have access to a place in God that the devil can't touch. Oh, man. We have access to a place in God that the devil can't touch. In fact, in verse 2 where it says, You're my refuge and my fortress. The word fortress means an inaccessible place. It means there's a place in God that is inaccessible to the devil. And if we would learn to live in and from that place, we diffuse the ability of the enemy to attack and to take ground in our life. Amen. So you know in the Old Testament, this is an Old Testament scripture. In the Old Testament, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about Satan and demons. You know, there were very few mentions of Satan and demonic forces in the Old Testament. And the reason why is because those people really didn't have a defense against the devil and against demons. All they could do is try to live their lives so close to God that they avoided the devil. And in the New Testament... We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus and authority to use that name to destroy all of the works of the devil. <laughs> Amen. So what he's talking about in Psalm 91, you know, I don't know. I was looking at this and I just found it interesting that the psalmist wasn't saying I or us. He was saying he Because the true fulfillment of the secret place is in Jesus Christ. He was talking about a dimension in God that they were able to come into and leave, but that through the finished work of Christ, we have access to that dimension in God where we can live in and live from the secret place. But we got to break these old religious paradigms that put God off somewhere in another place and that all we're working trying to get there. We approach, we approach prayer and uh, spiritual disciplines as if those are the ways that we get to God rather than using them as ways to discover where we are in him already. We treat it a lot of times, I think, almost as if Jesus hadn't come. <laughs> you know, the secret place or the uh, most holy place in the Old Testament times was in a building. It was in a tent. And there was a place. There was a physical location where the presence of God dwelt. And they had to go to that place in order to encounter the spirit or the presence of God, the glory of God. But let me tell you, he moved out of that building. 
he moved out of that tent and he moved into the living tabernacle, which is the church, which is the body of Christ. So you're a walking tabernacle. You're a walking holy of holies. You're a walking dwelling place. You are the location of God on the earth. I am the location of God. We are the location of God on the earth. Not another physical location, but a dimension in God that is in you because you're in him. Wow. Hallelujah. Oh man, but the devil wants to make us feel like God is off somewhere, far from us. Get us in this spiritual hamster wheel where we are working and doing and performing and putting on airs to try and get somewhere with God that we already are. Rather than awakening to our true condition in Him and operating from that place. You know, believers talk too much about doing and really what we should be focused on is just being. You can't partake of what you postpone. Anything you put off to a future event or you're going to get to it some way or another, you can't partake of anything you put off or you postpone. When are you going to get there? (laughs) I'm talking to myself here tonight. That's the ruse of the devil. To make us believe that we don't have something that we actually already have. The secret place is a revelation of divine protection. It's a place where God protects us, delivers us, he answers us, and he will be with us. That's all in Psalm 91. But this isn't talking about something that is a possibility. It was here, but in the New Testament, it's a reality. I'm telling you, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High is not a possibility. It is your reality if you're born again here tonight. You may not realize it, but it is your reality. You already do dwell in the secret place of the Most High. This is a conditional thing. If you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, then you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You will experience the benefits. But here again, like I said, we're not talking about a physical location. We're talking about a dimension in God. I'll just say this. It's more about creating an awareness than about achieving some kind of, you know, arriving at something. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but it's more about creating an awareness. The secret place is not a possibility. It's a reality. Let's look at uh, Psalm 27. Psalm 27.
And in verse 4, he says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. Where it says in the King James, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he will hide me. And he will set me high upon a rock. Let me ask you something. Who is the rock? And we did a whole teaching last year on the tabernacle. The tabernacle is a revelation of the spiritual realities that we have in Jesus Christ. The psalmist is speaking about something that's yet to come. But I think sometimes we read these things and we look at it as like from his same perspective. But something amazing happened between when this was said and where we're living at right now. I said something amazing has happened. Something a paradigm shifting has happened from between the time this was said and where we live today. The cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection, ascension, and seating of Jesus Christ at the right hand of God as our representative and as our high priest has already been accomplished this side of the cross. We are not looking forward to something that God is prophesying that he's going to do, but something that he has already fulfilled in the finished work of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and all of those who put their faith in him, are in him, and he is in them. And we are not only here, but we are seated there at the right hand of God. We live in him. We move in him. We have our being in him. Mm. <laughs> it says he will set me high up on a rock. I would say that if you've received Jesus as the Lord of your life, he has set you high upon Oh, man. I feel like I'm painting myself into a corner. In Acts 17, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, God does not live in temples made by human hands. God does not live in temples Made by human hands. And then in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, he asks a rhetorical way. He says, do you not know? <clears throat> do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? You are the Holy of Holies. <laughs> you are the Holy of Holies. The glory of God is not somewhere out there. The presence of God is not somewhere in a galaxy far, far away. You know, a lot of times it's like we pray like we got to get God to come down. 
You know, there's Old Testament scriptures that say that. God rend the heavens and come down. You know what's wrong with that in the New Testament? He did rend the heavens and come down. And when he went back and was seated at the right hand of God, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in you forever. To dwell in you forever. Now we are the Holy of Holies. We contain the very presence and the power of God. That's how I can dwell in the secret place of the Most High, anywhere I am at any time, because the presence of God or the secret place is not out here somewhere. It's in here. You know, there's a dimension of your being that is all God. Let's look at uh, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Jesus meeting with his disciples on the night that he's arrested. And he's giving them the load down on what's getting ready to happen. He's introducing them to the fact that a new dispensation is about to take place where the Holy Spirit is going to be sent to dwell. Not only, you know, he said the Holy Spirit's been with you, but he shall be in you. And he says in verse uh, 19, Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. And in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. The divine entanglement. I'm going to read that again. What day? In the day when the Holy Spirit comes, he said, you will know that I am in the Father. As Jesus went back to heaven. And you are in me. And I am in you. Let's look at uh, 1 John chapter 5. So even Jesus there was talking about a future event. He said, in that day, you'll know. It was talking about it. He was talking about a day that hadn't come yet. But look at 1 John chapter 5. This is the same John, but he's writing on the other side of the cross. And he says in verse 20, and we know. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus said, in that day you will know. John says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus is in the Father. You're in him, and he is in you. I like, to, I like to say that I am eternally and indivisibly interconnected with Christ. Indivisibly. 
We have been made one with him. In him, we find the, we find the secret place. And where is he? He's in us. Amen. The Son of God has come. You know, I would say this, that, you know, we are not sick trying to get healed. We're not cursed trying to get blessed. We're not forsaken trying to be chosen. We are chosen that the devil's trying to convince is forsaken. We're the healed that the devil's trying to convince that we're sick. We are the blessed that the devil's trying to convince that we are cursed. I see a lot of heads shaking yes out there. I said we're chosen, not forsaken. Already. <laughs> we're healed, not sick. You say, well, I got, uh, I've got symptoms in my body. That's not the real you. That you're, you're not your body. Your spirit man is the real you. And I'm telling you, he's 100% healed. He's, a, <laughs> he's 100% holy. He's 100% one with Jesus Christ as he is. He has joined himself to the Lord as one spirit with him. Man, the devil's a liar. Oh, I tell you, the devil is a liar. Hallelujah, the devil is a liar. We got to decide we believe this word or we believe in for it. Are we believe in for it or do we believe it? There's a difference. Is it something we're believing for or is it something that we believe that we already are and that we already have? Look at Hebrews chapter 10. This talks about uh, we have access to the holiest place um, by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 19. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holiest places by the blood of Jesus. You know that word confidence? In King James, it's boldness. But if you look at that in the Greek, it means freedom of speech. <sighs> it says that we have the ability to, to freely speak of the holy place. Somebody got it. That means to freely declare what we are, what we have, according to our union with Christ. Because the devil will try to intimidate you. Better not say that. I'm telling you, freedom of speech. Boldness is the ability to speak freely about who you are in Him. Oh, man. Freedom to speak boldly. 
in the presence of God about who you are. I'm telling you, the secret place isn't a place where God reveals all your faults. It's where he reveals your true identity in him. You're already well acquainted with your faults. It's where you come into, it really is a revelation. When you are intimate with someone, your true self is revealed. That's what intimacy with God is all about, is him uh, peeling back the layers of your unbelief concerning who you are and reveals your true self in Christ Jesus. Intimacy. You know what is intimacy? It's two becoming one. What's revealed in the place of the intimacy with the Father is that we have become one with Christ. And our true identity in him is what he's trying to reveal to us in the holy place. You know, in the... um, In the Old Testament dispensation, when they had the tabernacle, which I keep touching on, you know, the Old Testament tabernacle was an object lesson. Hebrews 9 reveals that it was given to show us that we didn't have access to God. That was the purpose of it. It wasn't to show us how to get access. It was to show people you had no access said, the Holy Spirit testifies as long as that was standing that you had no access to God. And when Israel wouldn't stop using that system, God allowed the Romans to come in and tear it down. Oh, man. I'm telling you, God wants to tear down those old religious paradigms. God wants to tear down those old religious paradigms that keep you separated from coming in and experiencing intimacy and fellowship and communion with him where he's able to lay bare your true identity in Jesus Christ so you can see who he has created you to be in him with no doubt, no hindrance, no lies of the devil, no deception, none of your flesh saying something that's opposite of what God has declared to be true about you in him. Oh, he wants it. He'll tear it down. He'll tear it down if you let him. I mean, he wants us to, to walk in this level of glory more than you want it. I can tell you that for a fact. It's not about the price that you pay. I said it's not about the price that you pay. If it is, you still are on the wrong side of it. As long as it's the price that you pay that determines your ability to dwell in the secret place, when are you going to pay enough? (laughs) <laughs> I 
I'm telling you, it's not about the price you pay. It's about a revelation of the price that he paid. And let me tell you, the price that he paid was more than enough. If, he, if the price he paid wasn't sufficient, there's nothing you can add to it. <laughs> if the price that he paid wasn't enough for you to live in the secret place, to dwell in the secret place, then what you have to add is there's nothing you can add to it. Let me just touch on a couple little things here before we kind of move on. The secret place is also a dimension of intimacy that must be cultivated. So see, I'm not saying that you don't have a part to play. I was just trying to drive home the point that the part that you play doesn't cause you to attain to the secret place. The part that you play is just discovering the secret place that's in you. So the word dwell, I want to look at this. As I said earlier, the secret place is not a physical location. So how do we dwell in a spiritual dimension? It's a good question. How do we go about interacting with the secret place? Well, one way that we have to go is we have to get the truth from the Word of God because it outlines what the secret place is, who it is, <laughs> and then through uh, prayer, we discover that that's not how we dwell there. The word dwell, let me give you an example of how we use the word dwell sometimes. The word dwell means to remain. It means to stay. It means to abide. Okay, so here's one way that we use that in a sentence. I'd rather not dwell in the past. Now, is that something physical? No. It has to do with your thinking. See, we don't, we don't have to gain access. We have to cultivate an awareness of the secret place. We're not trying to get there. We already are there. We have to create an awareness of our union with Christ to where we are able to live in and from the presence of God. Stop living for the presence of God. In reality, there is no separation. I shouldn't have to work up being in the presence of God. I should be able to live in an awareness of the presence of God because my union with Him, our oneness is so real to me that I'm in it all the time. Because if I got to go run to a closet to get in there, that's not how life happens, folks. Most people don't have hours a day to go and pray. You know, people work and stuff. <laughs> I mean, Jesus didn't do it. 
I know he went away and spent time with his father, but most of the time he was out among the people. And I'm telling you, I can guarantee you, he was dwelling in the secret place the whole time. But he had such an awareness of his union with the Father. He said, I don't even say anything except what he says. I don't do anything except what he does. I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul didn't live that way. He didn't have a place where he just prayed hours a day. He lived, he dwelled in a reality, in an awareness of the presence of God to where it didn't matter where he was or what was going on. He was in the Spirit. He was able to be in the Spirit at a moment that whatever the, the moment required, he was there. He was able to tap into. He was able to release the power of God, the presence of God in a moment's notice. No, because he didn't need to go work it up. He lived in it. It was a reality to him. He walked in it. He was being. He wasn't concerned with doing. He was just being who he was created to be. Hmm. I'm not saying we don't do our due diligence. I'm saying we do it to get a revelation of what we already have. That we live in it. That we live from it. That we live an ascended life to where we have so identified with Jesus that as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. That what he has belongs to us. That who he is is our identity. That we are so divinely entangled with him and we're so aware of it. That it's not us trying to live for him, but that it becomes him living through us. then we don't have to try and put it on. You know, it's not uh, Superman. I got to go find a phone booth to get in and change my clothes, and then I come out. As super I'm Superman lives on the inside of you. You're always Superman. I mean, you know, he lives on the inside of you. I hope you hear my heart tonight. I hope you hear my heart tonight, that it's not, it's not something that we have to get to. It's something that we're, where we already are. We have to create or cultivate an awareness of the secret place by a revelation of our union with Christ. I'm telling you right now, there are, more, there are many people here in this room. And I tell you, everybody's probably facing something different. And people are facing things, real things, real challenges, real trials. Either we believe that we have the ability to release heaven into those situations or we don't. I say we do. I say we do. I say we have the ability to release heaven right now. Not because of us. We're jars of clay. But we're jars of clay that the master has chosen to pour treasure into. 
Jesus said, the glory you've given me, he said, Father, the glory you've given me, I've given to them. Come on, let's just stand. Father, we just give you praise. We just thank you tonight. We just thank you tonight. Hallelujah. (laughs) That we are the doorways of heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, you said that we would cast out devils, that we would lay hands on the sick and that they would recover, that we would speak with new tongues, Father God, that we would release heaven, that we would release words from the heavenly place. Hallelujah. Not because of us, but because of the glory that is in the church, that we are the glory of Christ. We are his glory. Just like a bride is the glory of her husband, the church is the glory of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. I just think that, uh, you know, we just need to open it up. As you just stir yourselves up and just begin to praise and worship him, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. That we just open it up for people to come. If you want to come and have prayer, if there's something that you're believing God for, if you want somebody to come into agreement, whether it be uh, some health challenge, a provision problem, whether it be some kind of addiction or some kind of disorder that you're dealing with, or even just discouragement or fear or anxiety or something, maybe it's somebody in your family. I just want to encourage you to come. Just come up and gather around up here. There's ministers in the house who would love. You know, we're not just here to hear a message. We're here to release heaven and encounter God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I know there are needs in the house tonight. And I know that you've already made the provision. I know that you've already sawn ahead saw ahead and made the way and made the provision for whatever people have need of tonight. Oh, and I thank you, Father, that you have given us the authority in the name of Jesus, Father God, to come together and touch heaven. Father God, we thank you for it. And we give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you tonight, Father God. Oh, just a fresh, just a fresh encouragement, Father God. A fresh dose of joy tonight, Father God. A fresh dose of peace in our hearts and in our lives tonight, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Oh, we thank you that it's your good pleasure to give your children the kingdom, Father God. I thank you that we're already blessed, that you already uh, commanded a blessing upon your people, and we just receive it, Father God. We just receive of your goodness tonight, Father. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you praise, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you desire to manifest yourself tonight in this place. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that there's nothing too big. There's nothing too small, Father God. Nothing too big for you to do. There's nothing too small that you don't want to get involved in, Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you glory. I say your loved ones, 
Your loved ones, they're coming back. Your prodigals, they're coming back in the name of Jesus. Your prodigals are coming back. They already belong to the Father. Turn them over to Him. Put your trust in Him. Allow Him to do what He does. If He brought you back, He can bring them back. Father, we just release, we just release laborers into the harvest to go forth and speak to the prodigals. We just declare, come home, come home. The Father's waiting with open arms. Come home, prodigals. Come home. Hallelujah. 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 The Philippian jailer, he said, what must I do to, to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved and your household. I said, and your household. And your household. And your household. Don't be deceived by the way things look. Don't be deceived by the way things look. Don't be deceived by the actions of what's going on in their life. Trust in the Lord only. Believe in his word only. Cast down imaginations. Cast down every argument that comes against that word. You and your household shall be saved. Every last one. Every last one. Hallelujah. Oh, well, he leaves the 91.9 to go after the lost one. Every single one. He cares about them more than you do. <laughs> hallelujah. He cares about them more than you do. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that you love, that you love them more than we do. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's just keep an atmosphere of worship, and we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to close the service, but I just want to encourage you. I just feel like there's people out there who, who want prayer, who want somebody to agree. I believe there's people who are struggling tonight, and we're going to close the service so they can shut down the live stream, but there's going to be ministers up here who would love to come into agreement with you and release heaven into your situation. Hallelujah. I believe the presence of the Lord is here to heal, to deliver, to set free, to minister to your broken heart. To minister to your broken heart. I feel that right now, that there's someone in here, their heart's breaking. Your heart's breaking. And he said, the very first thing he said he came to do was to heal the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. So don't leave without coming up and, and connecting with some minister up here tonight so that we can pray for you, pray with you, see your need met, see miracles done tonight. Hallelujah. Tonight's the night. Hallelujah. If it's not tonight, when? Hallelujah. The word of God is now. It's not tomorrow. It's right now. He's the God of right now. He's the great I am, not the great I'm going to be. <laughs> he's the great I am. I said he's the great I am. He wants to, he, he's ready to see you receive your need met tonight, right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Be sure and be with us Sunday for our anniversary service, 9 a.m. We're going to have a big blowout after and also at 6 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. Come and celebrate with us 15 years. <laughs> of God's faithfulness. Man, that's awesome. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed.